You're listening to the Girls in Property podcast, where we explore the world of property, meet amazing guests to hear their stories, and support you in your property journey. Hi everyone, it's Sophie here, your host, and today we have our wonderful guest, Charlotte Edwards. Hi Charlotte, how's it going? Hi Sophie, thanks so much for having me, good thank you. Good, thanks for your time today. So we always start the podcast with something we're celebrating or something good that's happened this week, um, and I would like to celebrate my cash flow spreadsheet. Yay! <laughs> Which I didn't have until a good year into my business. Um, I had, you know, accounting software and reports and stuff, but my cash flow spreadsheet is weekly and it's a game changer. Absolute game changer. I put everything in it now. And for my brain, it's the best way of seeing what's happening across my businesses. So I love it. Oh, wow. Well done, you. <laughs> what are you celebrating this week? Um, this week, well, I just received heads of terms for a new piece of uh, development land. So I am celebrating the fact that that has, not over the line, but, you know, we're, we're get heading towards the line of, of uh, completing on a new, new site. So that's what that's I'm celebrating. That's really exciting. Nice. Yeah. Hi, everyone. We hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we are enjoying creating it for you. Um, we've checked the stats. Simon's been online and lots of people are downloading, following and sharing us. And we would l really love a bit of extra support. If you could subscribe, if you could go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a lovely review or wherever you get your podcast, that would really help us reach a greater audience. And we would absolutely love you for it. Thank you. So can you tell us your background, what you've been up to so far in your career and how you got to where you are now and what you're up to. Tell us your okay. story. Right, where do I start? Okay, well, I've not been in property that long, so it's only been um, three years. It was three years last month, actually. Um, I've In that time, I've built nearly 30 houses. Um, I built a buy-to-let portfolio of 10 houses in 10 months, which technically made me financially free. Um, and, yeah, I, and I, I teach other women as well how to, how to also build their own, um, either get into development or to build their own property portfolio so they can be financially free too. That's so, yeah, amazing. Quite an eclectic mix of property stuff. Yeah, so tell us about your very first project. Okay, so I kind of got into property by accident, um, hence my Twitter, uh, my Instagram handle, Accidental Female Developer. Um, uh, my dad and my brother both ran the family property um, house building business, so they used to build houses and sell them. Um, they both passed away very close together in 2019, both of cancer, very suddenly. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, and it, it, that left me and also my mum as well with uh, a field which had a seven-figure bank loan against it um, and no experience of property whatsoever. It had planning permission for 25 houses. So this was um, back end of, this was kind of Brexit time, like 2019. Um, the market was kind of stale. People weren't really doing anything, making any moves because they were waiting to kind of see what would happen. And this was just pre-COVID as well. Mm. So, what were you um, doing at the time? So I um, was 
self-employed as a marketing contractor. They used to work for various different businesses doing their marketing and PR. Um, I had no experience in property. Uh, my dad had always sort of said, like, oh, it's not really for you, for women. It's not really for you. You stick to you stick to those nice, you stick to your nice office job. I don't think he wanted me to have like the stress of it. The, you know, I don't. I think it's that generation where they they do come across a bit sexist. But I think I think I think it was more the fact that I was his daughter, and he didn't want me to like go through what he. And I understand now. I've done it for the last three years. I understand why you wouldn't necessarily want your own children to do it. Um, it is stressful but it is so rewarding as well Mm. Um, so I took on that my mum worked along with me so it was just a field just a field with planning permission yeah I had and my dad was old school so if you can imagine there was no um, there was no plans there was no paperwork there was no office as such his office was all sort of in his in his van and in his head um, so all I had, um, after he passed was his mobile phone and luckily in his mobile phone, he saved like John painter or Dave uh, architect. Okay. So I was able to go through and sort of piece together with lots of phone calls, um, kind of try and piece together a team really. Um, and, and I taught myself from the ground up how to build a house because I, I had to. Um, so yeah, I was without, um, I didn't have an income for that time. I didn't have an income for probably the first 12 months of doing it. Um, Just to, you know, try and give the business the best possible chance of of being able to to survive what was coming. And of course, COVID came really quickly after Mm. I took over and uh, everything got shut down. So, you know, Boris had shut down, you know, people weren't allowed to move house. People weren't allowed to look round houses, but like everything shut down. And I just thought, are there any more challenges that can be thrown in my direction? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm ready for them. <laughs> it was just one thing after the other. Um, at the same time, I felt very sort of exposed financially. So I'm a single mum. I've got two young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted a reliable income. And as I started to teach myself more and more about property, I was started networking and I, I met people and I, I saw people on Instagram and I was chatting with people. I saw people have these property portfolios that paid them rental income every yes. month and they didn't have to do much. And I thought, well, that sounds a lot easier than building houses. So um, I thought, right, I'm just going to set myself this challenge. It's COVID now. You know, everything's shut down not much of a social life going on right now. I'm going to set myself the challenge of creating a portfolio of 10 houses within 10 months using a variety of different strategies, new build to rent, uh, R, straightforward buy to let. Um, and I did it. And I, yeah, I, I managed to, to get them all within that 10 months and give myself that income that I needed. And that allows me now, and thankfully the development company now has, we've had the best, the last two years have been the best in its 30-year history. So financially doing really, really well, really strong. Uh, I'm loving what I do. So I love being able to, you know, build new houses now and sell them. But I also yeah. know I've got that lovely property income coming in off my rentals as well. So it's, it's just a much better position to be in. That's amazing. So how do you get past, like, not having limiting beliefs, going, actually, I'll do 10, I'm going to do 10, I can do 10, and I will do 10? Where does that come from in you? I 
I so I never ever would have taken on being a property developer or a property investor ever. I was in my safe, secure zone of doing marketing, contracting, working nine to five, mm. safe, steady income every month. I wouldn't have even crossed my mind to take the risk. I think the fact is I was thrown into it. I was thrown into doing something that I never thought I could do. Mm-hmm. But once I started to realize I was doing it, I was building these houses, I was, it was happening. I thought, well, hang on a minute. If I can do this, what else can I do? And, and mm. so that was the turning point, really. I love that. Yeah. When you, when you achieve something you didn't think possible, you just go, oh, well, that wasn't too bad. Let's do some more. Exactly. I guess it's like running, running, right? running a marathon or something. Like, I don't think I could ever run a marathon, but people do. So if other people could do it, <laughs> I could probably do it if I really tried. Um, I just think, like you say, we have limiting beliefs. A lot, you know, most of us have limiting beliefs. Um, and until we push the boundaries and push ourselves, um, we don't really discover what we're capable of. Mm-hmm. So what did you learn that was that you just had not a clue about building houses in that first development? <laughs> I mean, everything from um, literally just the process of, you know, what comes first, you know, digging trenches, laying blocks, mm-hmm. and to people management and man, you know, specifically man management, because obviously men make up the, the majority of the construction industry. Yeah. So man, man management was a big one. Um, I remember turning up on my first day and I was like, okay, guys, um, you know, let's swap email addresses or, you know, and, and they were just like, what is she, you know, I turned up in my sort of smart office clothes and tried to look professional and, and, you know, you've got to adapt to your environment, haven't you? So if you're talking to, a, you know, a group of builders on site, so, you know, don't, don't turn up in your, in your high heels. Mm-hmm. It's quite simple, really, but it was totally out of my comfort zone at the time. And my idea of being professional back then was totally different to, you know, in the corporate environment, totally different to how I needed to be, you know, in the property world. It's a really interesting one, because how often are these group of builders going to see the developer coming in and it's a female? Like, I, my, I used to live in Indonesia. We, we built a scuba diving resort, as you do. And I had a lot of cultural things working with the guys there because I was this young, white, blonde female who was in charge. And I really had to be quite respectful and diplomatic to learn to work together. But you must have a similar thing, like saying, right, it's me. I'm, I'm the decision maker here. Yeah, I mean, we I used to have, um, I mean, it used to happen really regularly. It doesn't happen so much anymore, but, you know, delivery people or you know sales reps would just turn up on site and they'd be like oh just walk straight up to me and go oh I'm looking for the man in charge <laughs> <laughs> that's just that standard sales pattern so, depending on who it is I'd, I'd just say oh I don't know where he is sorry or, or uh, you know if it was yeah. somebody that I wanted to speak to I'd just I'd say but um yeah just that sort of underlying um sort of sexism that, that just is there and you know, looking at the stats, it is, I think, less than 1% of women in a leadership role in construction. So, wow. you know, is it really surprising that these people are turning up on site and asking for the man in charge? Because that's what they used to. Mm, um, yeah. It's up to us to change that, um, to change that perception, really. Yeah. And is that something you're doing through your training and stuff like that? Yeah, so I've gone into local sort of schools and colleges, uh, been asked to sort of guest lecture at universities, um, 
on my experiences and, and it usually always comes down to well, what's it like being a woman in construction yes. what's it like being a woman in property because yeah. I guess that's my specialist area because it is so rare <laughs> Um, and it's nice actually when you meet another woman that does the same thing as you, you're like, hi, like, even though you don't know yeah. each other, you feel like an immediate bond Yeah, that, you, yeah, that you're yeah. both in the same position. Um, yeah. but yeah, and I, and I have a course now as well, where I teach women how to be financially free through property and whether that's, you know, them starting out as wanting to, um, you know, perhaps they've got some money to invest, they want to invest it in property to give them a monthly income or they've already got their property portfolio and now they're looking at the next level, which would be, you know, development. I love that. That's amazing. And that's what we're all about. <laughs> so what does your life look like now? What does your business look like now? What have you got going on? Well, I've gone, you know, three years ago, I was literally on building site, unloading lorries, cleaning, sweeping floor, like everything I could do. I was, I was the uh, unpaid labourer. Um, these days, I'm much more um, in a directorial role. So I have now uh, a couple of site managers who I oversee and liaise with. They do all the day-to-day running of the site. I've got multiple sites now as well. That's a, a new challenge. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I have um, building my buy-to-let portfolio as well. I have somebody full-time in charge there who I'm who I'm able to, to hand over the you know all of the um, renovation process, handing over to tenants, etc. So I've got a much more, I'm running the business, not working in the business. Yeah, uh, which it's has allowed amazing me to, to systemise it. Yeah. Yeah, and it has allowed me to expand. And at the start, I was very, um, not very good at delegating. And I wanted to, I don't know, I just thought I could do a better job myself of everything. <laughs> but of course I couldn't. And there's people that are a lot better than me at the job. But so I just utilise those people now. Mm. I mean, I put a lot of value on when you're starting a business, just get stuck in and learn as much as you can about each of those jobs so that you then, once it is systemized, you know how well it's been done and what you what what's required For and sure. to have that experience, definitely. Yeah. So it makes the think, first 12 months of anything really hard, but gives I you a great so. amount of knowledge. Yeah. And then I think when people come through and then they're working for you, there's a, a level of respect there, especially in like property or construction where you're, you know, where you are a bit of a rarity as a woman like well actually they've seen me unloading a lorry they've seen me they, they know that you know I'm serious about this yeah so if people want to get into development and it's really interested them and they're intrigued what's the way in I mean there's various ways in if I depending on sort of the age and and you know how much money they've got behind them and things because you know development takes money right there's no I've got you know People talk about oh, using other people's money and no money down and all this these deals, but let's be honest, most people need money to be in development. Um, so you've either got to go, you've either got to have a you know a career, a job, an income that's paying you money so that you can then invest in property development, or you come at it from the other side where, for example, maybe you're a trade, so you're a plumber, electrician, you're a bricklayer, who is who can partner with somebody and offer mm. your skills you know, on that development site in return for them putting in the money. So there's, there's kind of two ways to go at it. Mm-hmm. And can you talk us through, like, I, I guess there's not, there might not be a typical project, but what you typically look for when starting a development and then that kind of the whole project and how it works and how long it takes. 
Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I guess the average um, or the, the target is, is, to, is to sell one house a month. So that's kind of, you know, 12 houses a year. That's, for me, that's manageable and that suits the team, the team that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really have any, like, ambitions to be much bigger than that because it's at a level that I can manage myself. So what I look for is I tend to, my kind of target market and the area that I live in as well in in rural Shropshire is we get a lot of people um, downsizing from London or should I say they're upsizing their house but they're downsizing their budget. So they might sell a flat in London for a million pounds and they'll move to Shropshire and they'll buy, you know, four bedroom detached house with a detached garage for sort of 450 and Mm. and pocket the rest. So, So my key sort of target market is retired um, downsizers, if you like. Hmm. Uh, so very sort of when it comes to the design of the properties, they tend to be very country style because they're usually in very rural settings. So I like to kind of make them match the settings. Yeah. So what kind of size site are you looking at? Um, right now I'm finishing off a site of 26. So I'm just finishing off the last couple of houses on that. I'm working on, um, I'm also working on a site of, there's five, but they're five very large luxury type houses. Um, And then I've got in legals, I've got another site of 29 and I've got another site of 11. So they're in the legal, so so a pipeline. And you know, one thing I've learned is pipeline is important um, to be able to keep the business going. Yeah, absolutely. And how long does it take to build a house? And do you do them all at the same time? I would say about sort of nine months. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. We, I use them. I don't use them timber frame. So we build traditionally block and brick. So it takes longer. Um, but I just think one of the sort of key things that we pride ourselves on is having like really old-fashioned built, if you like, good quality, mm. solid houses, and that's what we're known for in, in our area. Um, so, so we use traditional methods. They take a bit longer, but that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's built into our into our numbers at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, nine months to build, and I've forgotten the other question. <laughs> do you do you build one house at a time, or do they um, all go up in similar? They stages? all go. They they all go up in stages, right? So the bricklayers will finish with one, and then they'll move straight on to the other, while the roof's being put on the first mm-hmm. one, and then you know, while the first one's being um, fitted out inside the bricklayers are probably on the third one by now the roof going on the second one so they, they, they're all built in sequence phase and um, are you selling all of them at the end are you renting some of them well it's interesting actually because the, the previous business model was to sell everything um, and that's what my my dad had, had done previously so um, I've kind of changed things around a bit and looked at you know um, the last two houses that we built have been retained uh, and then I'm looking at doing that going forward I think when you look at um, inflation what that money's doing in the bank unless you've got something else you can put it into mm-hmm. we're better off just sitting on the houses and you know we could have sold them probably about 10 times over um, just oh. because of the way the market's been over the last 12 months but I think they're more valuable to the business being retained than they are being sold at the moment mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and what are your plans for the next sort of five years in the business, personally? Um, well, you know, I bought a holiday home in 
Spain in Marbella. So wonderful. I yeah. So my my ten properties in ten months that I that I created. I actually the last the the number ten property that I got. I refinanced the last two. Um, numbers eight and nine, and I bought this um, holiday apartment in in Marbella, uh, and so with the intention that I was gonna maybe not work so hard and maybe try and have like a bit of a sort of a, a nicer lifestyle as well, and and get away every now and then. That's it, isn't it? It's so important to just have the balance and just not burn out because you can really easily just keep going and keep going and keep going. It is. And once you get on top of one thing, you're like, right, I know how to do that now. I could do more of that or I could try, try a different thing. But actually, when do you stop? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd, personally, I'd be bored. Like, I I can't ever see retiring. I, mm. I don't know what I'd do. I, <laughs> I just, I enjoy the sort of challenge of, um, yeah, just working, running businesses, uh, building houses, making money. That's what I enjoy. Love it. So you've got more developments in the pipeline. Just going to keep going with that. Make more beautiful houses. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But the thing is, now I've got, I've done the, the difficult bit, which was learning how to do it, making the contacts, getting the team. I've got that now. It would be a shame to waste it. Absolutely, yeah. And you talked a bit earlier about connecting and networking and um, mm. you know working with and learning from other people. Are you still doing that? Are you still finding that really important? Yeah, I find that so important and especially sort of during COVID when I was starting because there was no live networking groups. It was all, right, who can I who can I connect with on Instagram? Who can I connect with who's doing what I'm doing that I can ask advice, that I can follow? So it's now transitioned from doing it all online to actually in person. So yeah, I go to like um, different networking groups in the West Midlands, uh, meet like-minded people, learn from them, they can learn from me. Um, it, it's a really good, it's, uh, I would highly recommend networking if you're looking to get into any kind of, any any field within property really. Yeah, definitely, me too, I absolutely love it. And just seeing what other people are doing, sharing ideas, surrounding yourself by those people, it's just amazing, brilliant, love it. <laughs> So we now we're going to go on to our property disaster stories. So um, we just like to share what really happens in the property industry. Um, so my recent one is just a roof that's just giving us loads of issues. You know, you really need a decent roof. And we've got a couple of properties which just leaked, basically, when we had those big rains a few weeks ago. And it's just a nightmare. So we've had our roofers out. How about you? Oh, no. Well, actually, mine is a roofing story as well. Um, yeah. So uh, a few weeks ago, we I had uh, some asbestos contractors. There was some asbestos on on a new development site, and they came to to remove it. Um, they accidentally ended up stripping the neighbour's uh, shed of its roof. Oh. Because it was asbestos, and and the way to be fair, that the the boundary line is a bit of a dog leg, so their building right. sort of juts, juts into what looks like our boundary. So I can understand why they thought it was part of our part of our um, lot, but it but it wasn't. Um, so obviously the neighbour called me pretty annoyed uh, <laughs> because it's uh, a listed building, even though it had asbestos roof, mm. um, and also home to a rare bat colony. Oh no! Not the bad. So, <laughs> so we got all that to deal with. 
Um, but you know what? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it, wouldn't they? You come, you get these problems. You just have to deal with them. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, if you're in this industry, you really need to be a problem solver. That I think that's one yeah. of the main things, isn't it? That, that's just my job, adaptive. actually. Yeah. yeah, that is my job, problem solving. Have a plan A, B, C and D. That's it. Yeah. That's all you've got to do. Um, so we've got a listener's question for you from Annie. Okay. Um, who says, um, I love your social media content. How do I increase my own visibility? Ooh. Um, your top tips? Well, shall I assume that Annie is in property as well? I think um, so. And she wants to increase. So I would just say, you know, I started really early on. So I was sharing my journey when I was like absolutely exhausted like unpacking lorries and things like that and I would just like I would just be very very honest and say I would I would go on and I would share and actually what I find is the more I shared the more I got back so Mm -hmm. previously when I first started on Instagram I was just a consumer and I was just looking what everyone else was doing but actually what I find is the more I shared the more I received back in return in terms of making contacts um, and learning from other people so I would say just share learn how to there's plenty of sort of online tutorials on, you know, how to create reels, um, you know, what makes a good post. Um, and use that story content as well for the day-to-day um, mm. activities that you're doing within your industry just to so people can feel like they relate to what you're doing. Build up yeah. that rapport with them. That sounds really good. So thank you very much, Charlotte, for joining us today. You've been amazing. Um, If people want to follow you or um, come and do a bit of training with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Accidental Female Developer. Fabulous, thank you. Um, I'm Sophie underscore Rooms on Instagram and we're Girls in Property Pod on Instagram. And if you've got a question, it's girlsinpropertypod at gmail.com. So thank you so much for joining us today. 